Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. You know, it's amazing because <laughs> me and Lonnie, both like, we, we couldn't talk right before worship, and somehow, by some miracle, we were able to lead <laughs> through the songs, and I praise God as just God's favor. Yeah. So pretty excited for that. That our, my voice is kind of back somewhat. If anything, I'll whisper, all right? So um, I know we kicked off this year. Started a little late technically because we missed the first official Sunday because of that nice uh, windstorm that we had. But as Alaskans, we're not intimidated by anything, you know? Like I feel like I always say it always, but like Kevin from Home Alone says, I'm not afraid anymore, so... At this point, like, and then you hear, I guess, like a volcano eruption, right? Some people heard the bang. I'm just curious, oh, how many heard that noise at night? Is there, wow, there's quite a, yeah, me and Larissa slept through everything. I think we were just, our kids were up, <laughs> keeping us up. So that is incredible how far that's away, right? And it can make an impact and you can still hear the noise. Wow. I feel like it brought up a reference about, you know, what kingdom of God is like when I shared, um, uh, I think I talked about the place in the Caribbean and uh, that um, was the country. I already forgot myself, but um, how it's so far away, but it's ran by England. So, what's that? Tonga? No, there's another one. I just... No, 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 I'm talking about like, so right now I'm talking about the country. So when I talked about kingdom, okay, there's an island in the Bahama area. So, and it's, it's got all the standards of England, okay. I forgot that country name, but it's okay. Bermuda, thank you. <laughs> Bermuda, okay. So I'm just thinking that reference. I'm like, it's amazing how even that explosion volcano that happened, you can see it from space, but you can hear it you know, even all the way here. So I think I was just thinking for some reason that explosion, the kingdom of God is like that. Like it happened, you know, when kingdom of God came, when Jesus Christ came to this earth and the kind of impact that it had. And through so many years, uh, the different leaders, dictators tried to shut down and they said, there's no more Christianity. We're going to wipe out the last Bible. And they never could. It's kind of incredible, right? So I'm talking about the dynamic power of kingdom that despite how far away, how long ago that was, right now we're living in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is yet to come. Amen? Amen. So today I felt led that um, early on in this year, as we're moving forward, as we're serving, okay, remember, we're going to be kingdom-minded and serve it harder. That's going to be the whole idea from here on out for our church moving forward. Because um, everything we do, Okay, we must have kingdom of God in mind. Every, my actions, how I speak, how I talk, right, has an impact from my faith, okay? So when kingdom of God comes, like I said, I've shared it before as well, that how I speak, uh, how I talk to other people, it, it changes when kingdom of God is within your heart, okay? But that's how we impact our, our, our culture, our people that are around us. So, and I felt it was very important that today, um, 
moving on forward. I want to do a little bit more teaching today, so, but equip us, okay? I know sometimes it's good to reflect on certain scriptures. Uh, have people heard of armor of God before? What is, have people heard about that before? Or what is armor of God? Okay, great. Some did, and even for us that do, we kind of forget, like, what is the helmet? Is it, what's the shield represent? Well, it's all based out of Ephesians, and so what I want to do today is break it down for us. Uh, feel free to take notes. I think it's going to be a really good time for us to just get solidified because what I'm going to read right now, you'll see why it's important for us to be prepared, okay? I'm going to read the scripture first, and then I'm going to jump right into my notes. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting with uh, verse 13, okay? There we go. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Boom, right there. A warning right away for us, guys. How many know? I mean, like, we're thinking, you, it doesn't take much to look at the news around and everything that's happening. And you look at the kind of people that are getting arrested sometimes and whatever. I mean, there's some really evil people out there, right? But this is the scripture warning us, like, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. So this is what will help us, okay, to sustain it. So I want us to have this message in mind throughout the whole year and just throughout our faith and reflect on it. So a lot of times when people, you know, when we're doing prayers, uh, intercessions, I remember when we were doing strategic prayers and like Darlene would lead us into putting on the full armor of God. And it's amazing. And today we'll get to learn a little bit more about it, okay? So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, okay? So it's starting to list the equipment. So, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having to put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil, of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Don't worry, I will go step by step. So I know that I just read the main backdrop story. So we live in the spiritual world, right? But not everyone engages in spiritual warfare, all right? Um, as Christians, God calls us to engage in warfare alongside him in opposition to the powers. You know, all the powers that we don't even see. Like somebody does some kind of ridiculously and something like just horrific. Somebody just goes and murders 10 people. It's not a person. There's a demonic power that is operating behind that. And more and more time we're living in now like never before. We're seeing it more evident. Let's go to concerts and all of a sudden they die there. There's a, it, I mean, no, the, Satan doesn't even hide anymore. And so that's why for us to understand that there's a spiritual warfare happening. And if we're not careful, now like never before, we need to pay attention because our kids are growing up into this world. A lot of people are scared to have children nowadays simply for that reason because like, man, I don't, I don't know how my kids will survive. <laughs> so, but we have no fear because we need, <laughs> we need to have children and this is our spears. I mean, these, is our, these are our arrows. If we put our heart and soul into our children, if we put, most importantly, 
put importance of faith into our children, we will see, we will have no fear. Because God will take care of that, okay? That means we're surrendering, we're committing their lives to God, okay? So, anyway, so as Christians, God allows us to engage in warfare, right? And there's, the scripture tells, it's just principalities, demonic forces uh, that wage war against our souls, all right? So, I found out that the greatest challenge of our spiritual warfare is when people want to subdue without surrender, uh, conquer without consecrating, which means devoting. And uh, they desire to walk in authority, okay? A lot of people, they desire to walk in authority, but, you know, but without first being under authority. So there's uh, things that we need to do first, and there's God's order of things, okay? So if you're saying, I'm going to defeat the enemy, but if I'm living in life that is um, not honoring God, you can't cast out a demon. You can claim all the scripture you want because there are certain things need to align on our hearts. If I'm putting God first, and if God is on the throne of my heart, then yes, those scriptures become active in our lives. Okay, so I really want to important because people a lot of times, I mean, me, myself personally, just going back in years, I would only turn to God when things get really difficult. Truly, you know, I could say that, yeah, yeah, I prayed, I'd go, went to church. But as soon as things got difficult, you know, I remember when I lost my mom, I really, I mean, I ran to God. And I'm thinking like, wow, Lord, you were always there. But, but why didn't I prioritize that early? So let's not wait for difficult things to come in our lives. It's good to be equipped early on than to not be equipped and be caught off guard. And that's why people, when something happens in their life, they just lose it. They go and they just, they, they go into depression. But as believers, as Christians, okay, followers of Christ, this is where we're equipped, okay? And God, it's incredible how the scripture warns us about all the things that are yet to come and about how to handle death, how to handle this and that. It talks about everything, disciplining your children. I mean, it really is, you know, I would say Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. Makes sense, okay? So, but our greatest weapon in spiritual warfare is deep dependence on God, okay, in every season. So let's look at each component and the armor of God. And, um, and I want to point out that scripture does not say we make the armor of God. Like you have to make your armor to fight. No, it's already there. We just need to wear it. Okay. And so today we're going to learn how to put it on. <laughs> so as believers, we already have the access to the full armor. Okay. But I'm wondering, so why aren't most people wearing it? Okay. Um, how do we go from simply having the armor to wearing it, okay? I believe the answer is found in understanding each of these armors. So, number one, helmet of salvation, okay? I want to start with the helmet. Um, to fully experience the benefits that God provided to us, um, if we need to have a helmet of salvation. Uh, we must move from condemnation to salvation, um, a lot of Christians uh, in their walk of faith, when you ask them, like, are you saved? And they're like, I'm not sure, you know, and this is what we don't want to be in that state, right? Because many people have the helmet of salvation, you know, stored in their closet, um, but they choose to wear a hat of condemnation instead. And, um, but we must be confident and convinced in our salvation in Christ. It's very important for us to know, like, that what we believe is what we believe in, okay? So if somebody comes our way and just starts questioning you, and all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, you're right. 
I'm not sure. Am I saved? You know? So I really want us to reassure. So I want us to, to see the importance of, to see God, how he sees us. Because the moment we start seeing ourselves through God's eyes, we'll start understanding how much love and how much strength God has given us. But what happens is we just continuously are condemning ourselves. And number one, you know, a con condemner of brothers and sisters, Scripture tells us is who? Satan, right? He always wants to say that you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're a failure. How many times you have sinned? Look, you're coming back to this. So what happens is our mentality needs to change first, okay? So here's coming a helmet of salvation. This is the most important thing in our warfare, right? Somebody gets shot in the head, this pretty much person is dead. So we need to understand that our thoughts, our mind, is very important to protect, okay? Is this making sense so far? Okay, we're going to try to keep it simple. All right, let's uh, open Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what does it say? You will be saved. So I apologize, by the way. I know that we have two um, languages. We have Russian at the bottom. And sometimes the top passages, we're working on it. Um, it shows up smaller print. So if you can't see it, write it down or pull it up on your phone. You can download that uh, Bible app. And you can even highlight it and we'll save it for you. So, so if we repented and believed and confessed with our mouth that Christ is the Lord, then we are ought to live by faith is pretty much what he's saying and not our feelings because feelings are fickle okay we cannot trust our feelings and i'll get a little bit more about feelings a little bit later but but you must choose to live as one that you are saved okay accepted loved, and forgiven understanding that is very important because a lot of times we don't even believe that like how could I, we, we feel like sometimes God understands us or forgives us, and sometimes we feel like, no, but I'm a sinner because I have done this X amount of times, and I'm a failure. And God is like, wait a minute. Change your perspective first, okay? Change your understanding. Because when you are doubting that, you're doubting what Christ has done for you in your life. And I don't know who this is for today, but I feel like there's a, the Holy Spirit is really moving on that um, aspect of passage to understand who we are in Christ. This is our helmet, right, of salvation. So by wearing this helmet, we're protecting our mind and attacks from the enemy. Um, the enemy will always send lies, and he will always remind you of your past. And this is what's so amazing, because if you actually are careful, paying attention to it, when he reminds you of your past, this is how he gets you to sin again. Because he says, well, you technically sinned, right? You sinned last week. So at this point, what difference does it make? <laughs> you know? So, and that's what he's clever at. Okay, so that's why we have to understand, like, no, I am a child of God. I'm not a sinner. I'm a righteous man who's fighting sin. See you know what I mean? It's changing your perspective of words. So, so be secure in the helmet of your salvation through Christ Jesus. And, uh, you know, people say, shame on you. You know, I want to say, shame off you. <laughs> so next time the devil comes in in your mind and says, you're, you're just another sinner struggling like over and over again. It's like, no, shame off me. I'm a child of God. The more you start saying things that our scripture says about you, that I'm a child of God, that I'm more than conqueror of the Christ, 
faith comes from hearing, right? That's when we start believing ourselves. So rather than allowing those thoughts, you counter it with the scripture. Okay, and I'm also going to get to that because this is part of this together. All right. So I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Number two, it says breastplate of righteousness. All right. Next, so this is where we're moving from rags to righteousness. Okay. The helmet states pretty much, I was a sinner who was saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the breastplate says, I am righteous. Okay. Righteousness signifies the right standing with God. Okay, because remember, nothing unclean or unrighteous will stand before God. And that's why Jesus came and died for us, right? So, he's pleased with you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember? So, it's as if like you, you were a sinner before and then Jesus' blood came and covered that sacrifice. And now, that's like the lens for God, how he sees you. Okay? We have to understand how God is starting to see you at this point. All right, <clears throat> apologize for my voice. We're not righteous because we've worked for it. None of us earned it, okay? But because Jesus Christ became sin, he actually rightfully died because he took the sins of all the world. And that anger of God, because nothing unclean can stand before God, is that wrath went unto Jesus for us. Now, we were supposed to be those people that were getting wiped out, right? But Jesus stands, the Son of God. So God did that for us. He sends his Son because God so loved the world. He's like, I so don't want you to die. I hope you understand, Son, Vic, that that's why I'm giving myself, pretty much my Son, part of me to save you so that you won't be condemned, right? So here we go. This is removed from rags to righteousness, all right? So we must understand that we're not just a wicked sinner struggling with sin, our perspective needs to change that I am a righteous person who fights sin, okay? So a lot of faith comes from hearing again, and I'm focusing on that because this year, let's change our perspective. This is, I believe, the Holy Spirit really prompted me to talk about this, but I, because I believe, um, why is it that people keep struggling with certain things they can't overcome, and it's because they need to change their thought process, okay? Who they are in Christ, so I'm not a wicked sinner struggling with sin. I'm a righteous person who fights sin. All right? Does that make sense? Amen. So if you believe that you're, you know, a sinner trying to attain righteousness, you're wearing rags. Um, rags refer to the idea you must, you know, work to attain it. Uh, what Christ already died to give you. Okay? Awesome. Ah, thank you so much. I will use extra cups of water today. Satan can't shut me down. <laughs> um, rags cannot deflect bullets. Okay, Satan's sending bullets, not just arrows, okay? Satan fights on a new level. The warfare that we're experiencing today, you know, when somebody um, tells me, like if, like if you're talking to a person from older generation, you know, um, for example, my dad said, you know what, Vic, you know what? It is a lot more difficult nowadays to live, you know, compared to what it was. Sin really didn't, sin doesn't change. It's just, it finds a new form of how to approach, you know. So the devil uses all these strategies, the modern day technology, everything, okay. He'll use everything, all right. So, but rags cannot deflect bullets, okay. 
They'll leave you susceptible to attacks for the enemy. So it is only by our understanding you have made righteous by the cross. It's truly understanding what the power of the cross has done for me. Okay? And it's through Jesus' death you can deflect the bullets. All right? That is shame, guilt, whatever it may be. Okay? So wearing uh, the armor of Christ's righteousness um, in the matter that it was intended causes uh, a shift in our perspective, okay? So every believer has the righteousness of Jesus, but not every believer understands it, unfortunately, okay? And not understanding the gift of Christ's righteousness will cause you to constantly uh, be in bondage of rags, of uncertainty, and keep falling back, okay? So I want to move to the next one, number three, belt of truth, all right? Uh, what is the purpose of the belt? right? Um, belt provides support for the body. Okay. A lot of times it's for the looks that people wear. I'm not wearing one right now. That's why my shirt is out. But if I, if I was to tuck in the shirt without a belt, it would look a little weird too. And then, you know, they have these belts, right? Slimming belts. Um, moms that are pregnant, you know, after they're delivered or whatever, um, they wear them. But it really does support you, right? If people uh, pull their back or something like that, when they put it on, it really does give them, um, you know, support. I mean, I've wore belts, like one of those back, like movers, people that move, um, except I think Samoans, man, those guys are just, God made them so super strong that um, they don't need it. <laughs> but if you ever see um, any white folks, movers, they're definitely wearing them. We need them. It really does support your back. So, all right, so that's the belt, all right? So instead of believing there, uh, instead of believing there are many truths like the world does, we must take uh, the one truth, okay? Because this is the belt of truth uh, found in the Word of God, and hold fast to it. A uh, few months ago, we were talking about, I uh, was sharing about, you know, uh, the truth about your truth. This society teaches us, you know, most important thing is believing your truth. Sounds pretty. Sounds cute but it's so against the word of God because there's only one truth, right? Because people make an excuse to do whatever they want and say, well, this is my truth, you know? You know, I'm just thinking like a thief who breaks in their houses can just say, well, I believe this is the way I provide for my living. I cannot afford to work, so I'm going to steal other people's stuff, and that is my truth. So that's why that statement saying believing your truth <laughs> is absolutely false when you bring an example like that. There's only one truth, which is the truth is Christ. Amen? Because in John chapter 14, verse 6, as Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this is the belt of truth, okay? We're walking around. It supports us knowing that um, there's absolutely no doubt in our mind. Whatever comes our way, if somebody says something else, when you read his scripture and you know that my lens is everything through Jesus Christ and what he has done for me, I have the truth, okay? I have that support. I can never, I'm not going to break because of that. It's because I have Christ in my life, amen? So look at this and in Hebrews 13, 8, okay? It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, and what, what, what that says is that Jesus Christ is the truth, right? And that truth never changes because he is same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So this truth doesn't change. It's like the law, okay? And when we are equipped with that, we know that that truth doesn't change. And we're not intimidated by anything in this world. It's interesting. Muhammad said he was a prophet of truth, right? And then um, Buddha said that he was the secret of truth. And then, but Jesus says, I am the truth. Come on. Come on, somebody. Prophet of truth, secret of truth. But God's like, Jesus is like, no, I am the truth. I am the essence. I'm, I was there from the beginning, okay? I was always there. And so it doesn't matter what any people come our way. They cannot change the truth of God, okay? And this is the truth that is upon you. You are equipped with that truth, okay? That means you, nothing will shake you. Amen. So, but I love that. But notice the location of the belt, right? It's the center usually of the body, approximately. Some people have interesting body forms, I guess. <laughs> but it's generally your belt area, waist area, is center, right, of your body. So, so when, when Christ is placed at the center of your life, your Christian life, he'll hold everything together. And it brings unity and peace. So when Christ is the center of your life, when Christ is the center of your marriage, when Christ is the center of your relationships, you will see just like just how things just flow naturally. The world's not revolving around you. The world is revolving around Jesus Christ. Amen? Who is the truth? <laughs> so the truth is around you, okay? And that only truth is Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. It will keep you uh, strong and, uh, and unshakable, all right? doesn't matter what circumstances um, come your way. Because, man, situations, circumstances can change within an instant. I mean, you can drive out of here and something can happen. Or you get a call out on them or tomorrow. You, you, you start your Monday great and then Tuesday you get some call of your loved one or relative or something, whatever it may be. You know, that's why we need to be equipped, okay, with the truth of God. It means... That doesn't matter if a week from today something happens. It means I, am, I know the truth. I'm not going to be shaken by anything. All right. Let's, um, because look at this, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we walk by faith and night, not by sight. So we're living by faith, not our feelings. Again, when we put so much emphasis on feelings, myself personally, I'm like, it's, it's a bad idea because feelings are very much deceptive. And so perfectly moving into transition to the next uh, thing, because I just said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So speaking of faith, that's our next. Number four, shield of faith, right? Shield of faith. This is where we go from feelings to faith. This field, uh, the shield of faith is essential because it protects um, other parts of the armor of the body, okay? Back when um, soldiers used shields in the battle, uh, they were considered uh, the most essential part of their armor because even in times where they lost a sword or something like that, they were able to withstand by simply having shields, some kind of a protection, all right? So it's very important to understand. And it uh, provides protection from arrows, projectiles, you know, thrown by the attackers. So, and every soldier needs protection, um, I know some people say, well, nowadays, you know, a special operations person can sit in the hideout, you know, a sniper, and just shoot from there. You can. That's true. Good point. 
But I thought about this yesterday. I'm thinking, well, he's not going to be able to gain ground as much because if you're just sitting there and you're not, in order to gain ground, you need protection. Like even an army, right? When they have um, any brigade or any uh, military uh, attacking anybody, they say, cover me, right? They don't, I've seen the funny joke says, cover me. And then the, another guy, military guy, just throws a blanket on him. Like, not that cover. Cover me means if there's, if there's bullets flying from one side and they say, cover me. So what the other people do is they shoot from the back towards that area generally where the bullets are flying from, right? In order to cover them. That's how they provide cover. So that cover is very important. So this is the shield of faith that covers us in our time, all right? So especially if we want to gain ground this in, in 2022, I believe we're, um, as we're getting equipped, we're going to be so excited to sh- tell other people about Christ, to bring him into the kingdom. But we're getting equipped through this, okay? And the Bible tells us that's why we need that shield, right? Shield of faith. Um, so shields, I want to point out, have the power to stop attacks from wounding you, but they do not stop the enemy from attacking you. Does that make sense? Let me read that again. So shields have the power to stop attacks from wounding you, but they do not stop the enemy from attacking you. So the attacks are coming. That was going to be attacking you until you're breathing. So the very last moment. The attacks will never stop. But our faith is what protects us. This is our shield. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. And I, need, and I needed to go New King James Version because I'm so surprised even ESV and other versions took out the last part of that um, um, passage. Let me read it. Isaiah 54, 17. Okay, this is the time what I was talking about. I'm glad I looked. I'm going to read it to you. Just trust me. Um, because it's in the form of a psalm, so it does that. All right. But pay attention. No weapon, and you guys know this scripture. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. So, I want to say, but this is, God is reminding you what kind of protection you got, right? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. And God is saying, this is your shield, right? Nothing will, nothing of form that is against you will prosper, okay? When you are walking in the righteousness of God. It's in the one passage, but it just unlocks it. It just solidifies what we just talked about. So the scripture tells us that although we have protection, it does not mean that the weapons will not form against us, right? The continual will be there. You'll walk out of here and then some just negative employee, t- whatever, or co-worker just, just says something, just makes you mad and you instantly just want to react and be like, I'm going to tell you a piece of my mind. <laughs> just think Next time somebody says that, just say, no weapons for me against me shall prosper. Just start quitting scripture. <laughs> That's how you deflect the arrows of the enemy, right? right? All right. The shield of faith um, that Ephesians referred to is our faith. It's dependence and trust in the promises of God. Uh, if we lose confidence in him, uh, we become very exposed and vulnerable, all right? Typically what happens, instead of using the shield of faith, 
This is where we turn to our feelings. This is where I promise to talk a little bit more again about our feelings because God has made us with feelings and emotions. But I want to point out a couple of things that kind of God unlocked for me today, uh, this morning, actually. Um, and as I've said, feelings are very deceptive. They're fickle. Um, they're like a bad girlfriend or a bad boyfriend, okay? You don't know if you can trust them. Um, the best explanation I can give you. One day they're happy, one day you're not, you know, they're not because the food wasn't good enough or whatever. You go to the restaurant and your waiters seemed like they were too mean to you or whatever. So, but everybody, including all believers, right, um, we have emotions. And God gave us uh, emotions so we can use them and not that so our emotions can use, can use us. Does that make sense? So this is what unlocked to me this morning. I kept asking, I was like, God, because we're always fighting our feelings, right? Like, have faith, but Lord, you gave us these feelings and emotions. Those are great, right? And God is like, yes, I gave you those emotions so you could use them, but not so those emotions can use you. Okay, it's very important. Because you start getting emotionally led. I remember just my teenage years for some reason. <laughs> Emotions are next level. Like, you think you like this girl, but then that one's cuter, and then you're just like this little, ah. you know, I'm just being honest about growing up. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, oh, I don't like you. You're my friend. Friend zoned me, and you're like devastated, depressed. But I'm just thinking best explanations where I experienced a lot of emotions is as a teenager. Now, you know, as an adult, I can laugh at that, but that's a pretty serious level for them. We have to understand that was pretty serious to me. So uh, parents, me being myself, teenager, remembering those moments, they were pretty difficult. So it's very important to understand and talk with them through this time, okay? Emotions. So emotions. You own the, you own the emotions. Emotions don't own you. Amen? Okay. All right. Because what happens is when we start trusting our feelings rather than putting our trust and faith um, we get really discouraged. We'll pray for something, and if we don't get it like Amazon Prime within 24 hours, we get so disappointed and discouraged. We're like, God, I prayed for you. Your scripture says we can pray and ask. But God, I wonder if God was answering all our prayers, what would happen? I guess best explanation, actually, from a movie, uh, Bruce Almighty, if any of you watched it, right? Um, remember when... Uh, God one time supposedly showed to this guy, Bruce, like, here, have, the, have at it. And he's like, and, and all the prayer requests came in the computer format, like just billions of them all around the world. And he went control all, means select all, and he answered yes to all of them. And then the, the world started going like berserk, okay? Pretty much the world was almost ending because every prayer was answered. That means... You know, even thieves, if you think about it, I don't know if you guys know this, but professional thieves, like, they'll come and they pray together before they do some kind of a, um, seriously, I've, uh, I've read one of the articles, one of the um, thieves who became a, a believer later, um, they were so good. They were like white-collar crimes, you know, they would do bank robberies and things like that, but they're like, prayer brings us together. You notice that people pray together, they pray to different gods or whatever, but People come because they're like, we need to pray. We, get it. we need to get in one spirit. But anyways, he's just saying how there was, he's like, you see how deceptive it was. But he's like, 
But still, yet again, we thought prayer was important <laughs> to come together, all right? And, uh, but imagine if all those people that are crying out and there's different people praying for different things. God, if you're there, um, how about this lottery? You know, I'm going to win this for you, <laughs> right? But anyways, so if, if prayers are not answered right away, we should not be discouraged because, and it's very important to understand this, because, for example, there's some people that pray for healing, and they don't want to receive their healing right away, okay? Um, it's important that we don't lose faith and continue praying for that because uh, we do not believe in healing, the word healing. We believe in the healer. So um, we do not believe in deliverance. We believe in the deliverer. So uh, I noticed myself when I was praying a lot of times, and I'd pray and I'd focus on healing, Lord, heal me. And I'm thinking of my body, that part that hurts, and I'm like, heal me, heal me. And I'm realizing I'm focusing on the healing, but not on the healer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm focusing like, Lord, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. And I'm just thinking about the situation that I'm in, very difficult situation. I'm like, how do I get out of this? Like, how do, Lord, how can you deliver me out of this situation? And I'm realizing, well, my focus is on this situation, deliverance and not a deliverer so that's why it's so important again to worship God to bring our attention again to God who's the creator of everything start worshiping him bring our attention to him because he's the healer right he's the deliverer okay so very important to we uh that we understand that so and faith is our shield so if you want gain ground in this uh, season uh we must have the shield of faith okay faith is what sustains us through everything and scripture also tells us warns us um, I don't know where passage is right now but it says you need to be ready to give an account because you're gonna in order for you to gain ground and I'm saying just in, in your life personally because a lot of us want our friends to come to know Lord right and uh, but I've been in where I'm like I'll talk with somebody who is like of Mormon faith or something and they'll they questioned me before about my faith, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I feel like my shield of faith is not there because I left this room because I haven't got into the Word of God, okay? And I don't know my, what I'm standing on, okay? So it's very important. And I'm, we're going to get to this next one, which is number five, shoes of peace. And this will explain because this refers to peace of God and the preaching of the good news, just as it says in the passage, okay? So, number five, shoes of peace. Um, so, this refers to, again, having peace of God as we're sharing the gospel, but experiencing peace in the process. Again, so peace in the process, all right? So, without comfy shoes, how many you know that? I mean, have you ever had anybody uncomfortable shoes? You walk for like three hours or half a day, you get a blister, yeah? And you're like, man, these shoes are nice. But man, they're pointless if they're not comfortable, right? So um, cannot go long distance without comfortable shoes, without hurting your feet. And um, when you put on those shoes of peace, uh, it will result in longevity of your journey. And then um, we were just obviously celebrated Christmas. And we heard the scripture is very popular in the Bible. Okay, but he is the prince of peace, right? All right. Um, and I'm going to make a connection to our shoes because that's what Scripture says, that the, the, the shoes are preaching the good news. 
but it's also the peace. So regardless of circumstances means if you have Jesus in your life, okay, um, you will experience peace in your life. Again, because he, he's the prince of peace. Uh, Psalm 23, it says, even though, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I probably didn't get it up there on this one. But, but it says that even though I walk through the valley, okay, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So he doesn't take us out of the valley. I'm at peace um, on the path. Why? Not, not because I'm going through. It's because I'm not going through it alone. Okay? That makes sense? So therefore somebody, um, that, there's somebody that is greater that is with me than the one that's living in this world. Okay? Uh, it says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That's why you can have peace in the process, okay? These are your shoes. You're walking, and that means you're walking in this life wherever you go, um, and you have peace of God. Peace of God. <laughs> peace in your shoes. I love that. So, um, so God doesn't cancel out problems, right? He didn't even cancel out those problems for his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus had to come and deal with difficult people, <laughs> just like any of us, and he was born in all these uh, uneasy circumstances, situations in our, uh, you know, like in the, in the barn. Think about it, right? So the problems do not cancel, okay? And it says Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the peace of God that you have, and you're walking in peace of God. These are your shoes of peace. <laughs> okay. Next, moving to uh, last one. And we'll be wrapping it up here. So let's stay focused. This is very important. Sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the only offensive piece of armor that is uh, found in Ephesians 6. Okay. So um, this sword is the Word of God. <laughs> this is one weapon that God has given you. He says, my word, okay? Um, Jesus himself, what happened after he got baptized? He went to the, he was tempted by Satan, right? And what did Jesus use to counter that? If you want to read it, read Matthew chapter 4. I'll leave it for you because this is Jesus using scripture, word of God, the sword, to counter the attack of the enemy, okay? Very important. And the Holy Spirit is what empowers the scriptures, Right? All the scriptures, Holy Spirit empowered. And that's why for us, um, it's very important that we put our trust in the word of God. But if we're not feeding, if we're not reading the Bible, like if our only sustaining guys, I'm just being honest, I used to just only live off of sermons on Sunday. And then the rest of the week, I did not do any reading. Even like a little bit, I wouldn't. And then I started making little baby steps. And I encourage you to do that. Like even if you read... Three verses. Read one verse before you go to bed. Start something small. Do a realistic thing. But prioritize God's presence and prioritize God's word. And God's word is the sword, okay? This is what gives you the power to walk. Because I'm telling you this. I've read scripture so many times and you forget what it says. But for some reason, notice this. If you've been walking in faith for some time, soon as some kind of a situation comes and all of a sudden you're like, oh, the word of God says, da, 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 da. 
It just came to your mind. Because what happens, I believe that, uh, I'm trying to explain as best as I can. So as we read the word of God, it goes through our thoughts and it lands in our spirit. And it's there. <laughs> and at the right time, the Holy Spirit activates those scriptures and brings them to life and gives you ability to sustain in those difficult times. It's like, you know how the cow, they eat, eat, and then it stores? <laughs> and then they come, what, what's that process called, Michael? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and the cow's chewing the gum, like whatever. It comes, it takes the food out of that storehouse and it chews again. It, so the way I best try to explain is like, when me reading the scripture, even if I'm fully not understanding the Bible, I'm reading little by little and I'm taking it in and, you know, I'm reading it with my kids and I take the coolest thing for me, at least. I'm a picture person. I learned a lot of Bible stories growing up by reading the kids' Bible and I still see those images in my head when I, as an adult, you know, the uh, Bible stories. So for parents here, I encourage you, get a beginner's Bible because it's funny uh, the way they cartoonize, they actually look pretty cool. It's the way I draw cartoons too, the big eyes. Um, but they're great. They also have cartoons um, on YouTube. Look up Beginner's Bible, Stories of the Bible, um, uh, Superbook, another idea. But start getting it into the kids somehow. Don't let them just watch all this garbage that's on YouTube. Guys, I'm telling you, um, get them into the scriptures and this is how you introduce your children to scriptures is through some watching this little videos. But I'm telling you, even right now, I can see that um, there's been times where Ryan, he's, Ryan can barely kind of talk at this point, but he's like, oh, Papa, that's not good. And then he'll say something from the Bible story, you know, because Jesus said to forgive. Alida, forgive. <laughs> so he tells his sister to forgive. Um, because they've been around it a little bit. So, I understand the time we're living it, we're thinking, well, we don't have time for it. But what I think is this, how is it that as soon as things get difficult in our lives, we find time for God? <laughs> we find time for Bible. So I'm speaking this, preaching this to myself first, okay? And so that's why it's so important to have that word of God in our lives, to start taking it in. The word of God is also says it's, the script, it's like bread. This is what sustains us. I'm not able to overcome any challenges in my life if, I'm not, if I don't have anything to fight it with. Like, I'm thankful to those little scriptures that I learned as a kid. And I can quote, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just prompts them up and be like, I am more than conquering Christ. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the word of God's coming out. That's something you already placed in you, and it activates, and all of a sudden, you remember it. So hopefully that makes sense. And this is the very the last one that I've pointed out, right? This is our sword. This is what we're able to attack. So if the word of God is not within me, I cannot fight the battles within me. Number one battle is where? In our minds, right? This is where it all starts. This is also considered our heart. This is our being, what we think about. If the word of God is not within me, everything is pointless. This is your only form of attack, right? This is your only sword. So I encourage us today, I mean, and this year, to really prioritize the Word of God if we can and really put time and emphasis on it. Just start getting it. Read it, even if you don't understand it fully. I want to also encourage, because a lot of times when people start reading the Bible, they're like, that's it, going from Genesis. Start, start Newton Testament, okay, for example. 
Or there's also on the apps, they have awesome plans that are designed. And it really does help you engage. So you can actually go through a whole Bible in one year. by, And they don't just tell you to go from Genesis. There's different kinds. But you can find a plan that works for you. All right? So all right, my final thoughts. Again, Ephesians chapter 6, 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So this is why we take all this armor of God that you may be able to withstand, to withstand this uh, in the evil day. Okay, we're living in very evil days, okay? And that's why God is prompting, I think, us to be fully equipped, all right? Um, Bible says that evil days will come, uh, will come, but the armor of God is what will keep us protected and sustain us, amen? Um, so in the midst of warfare, don't fall, um, don't fall for the enemy's schemes. Because he wants to say that you're defeated, that you're a weak link, that you fought the same thing for many years. But I think today what God is telling you through the power of the Holy Spirit saying, change your perspective. You know, you're not a sinner. You're a righteous person who's fighting sin. This is different. The moment you start changing your perspective, this is what unlocked for me. When I started understanding who is Christ in me, you know, that's changed my perception, and that gave me strength to overcome a lot of these things that I struggled with growing up, okay? Whatever it may be, everybody has their battles, but God doesn't want you to live all your life in defeat. God wants to have you to live in victory, amen? Because we are more than conquerors in Christ, amen? So let's not simply quit. Put our trust and faith in the Lord. Last scripture, last scripture, I promise. James 4, 7. <laughs> Submit yourself, the key. Submit yourself. Again, this is going back to our mind where we started, right? Salvation. Submit your thoughts. So submit yourselves, therefore, to God. To fully just say, God, I'm changing my perception of myself. I want to reveal to me how you see me. Reveal to me how you see me. And it says resist the devil. And that's what will give you the resistance, right? To resist the devil. And what does it say? And he will flee from you. Okay, so submitting yourselves, very important. So speak the word of God to release the power of the Holy Spirit, amen? Take the authority that God has given you, all right? God has given you dominion, okay, over everything in this earth. You have the authority, and you're ready for battle, amen? Let's stand to our feet and just, just bring that before the Lord. I know we heard a lot of information. This is kind of like the second week of teaching Teaching is a little bit more of a, it's not as liquidy format, you know, cute quotes and everything. Teaching is we, we, we take it and we break it down. So that's why it's very important that we bring it before the Lord right now and just uh, bring it under the submission of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.